in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Former President Trump plans to turn himself into law enforcement in Georgia today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning. I'm Sally Atnandas. He's going to travel to Fulton County this afternoon before surrendering himself at the Fulton County Jail tonight. Trump and 18 others are named in a multi-count indictment handed down by a grand jury. Follows the Fulton County District Attorney's probe into Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election results within that state. Former president has denied all those charges. And we can also tell you Trump's legal team has already agreed to a $200,000 bond with certain conditions, including limits on social media posts about the case. It is still unclear if Trump will have to take a mugshot. Some of Trump's co-defendants, including attorney John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani, have already surrendered, gone through the booking process, and have been released. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Getting you out the door on this Thursday morning. We've got a dry sky out there. Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buta showing us some nice clear, quiet conditions this morning. Currently sitting at 83 up in Georgetown, 79 Bastrop, 82 here in the city. You'll find more 70s out there in the hill country. Cool spot for me right now, Fredericksburg at 73. Now we'll have no problems warming up today. Already starting to see a little bit of a warming trend take hold this morning. Most of us, one to three degrees warm. You can apply that to the afternoon temperatures. Yesterday, we talked at 101 at a Camp Maybury. I think today will be noticeably hotter. 106, the forecast hot with a mix of sun and clouds to get us there. And you'll notice rain chances, not super impressive, but notable. 10 to 20%. That's mainly going to be for areas along and east of I-35. Seeing just enough of that moisture and just enough of that high pressure shifting north to allow these storms to lift and develop for us. So we'll be watching that closely. You'll notice the heat alerts have returned. Turned yet again, excessive heat warnings, heat advisories in place across central Texas. We'll talk a little bit more about how bad the heat will get after today. Kind of give you a preview of your weekend and, and those rain chances. Not just a one day deal. More on that coming up. Thank you, Kristen. This is breaking overnight. Several people are having to find a new place to stay this morning after an apartment building caught fire. Around three this morning, Austin Fire says it arrived at these apartments on Sam Rayburn Drive. Three units on fire. Crews got the flames out and all eight apartments in that building are being cleared out now. Firefighters are looking into what caused the fire. Well, wildfires are still raging across Texas and including right here in the Austin area. Firefighters in the Manor area say a quick response helped contain the fast moving fire off Lockwood Road. This burned southwest of Manor yesterday. The agency sharing these photos of that charred land. Firefighters say this was an unapproved burn and it quickly got out of control. Dry conditions and high winds helping spread it quickly. We learned the drone that nearly hit an air crew working to put out a fire near Lockhart also belonged to one of the groups fighting this fire. The Texas A&M Forest Service says it was in the air after a miscommunication. KXN's Grace Reader breaks down the incident and explains why anyone flying a drone could make things worse. At this fire near Lockhart last week, the now contained Barth fire, the Texas A&M Forest Service says one of its responding helicopters had a close call with a drone. We don't want to think about what the worst case would be, uh, but we're talking about, you know, uh, a, a serious, you know, a, a collision possibly 
a crash of some sort. Randolph Robinson, the incident aviation operations officer for the Forest Service, said the drone came within a few feet of the basket underneath the Blackhawk-style helicopter, which was brought in to do suppression drops, and says in this case the drone actually belonged to one of the groups on scene fighting the fire. These were actually participating uh, UAS assets that uh, belonged to some of our cooperators on the fire, so it was a miscommunication, really. But whether it be a responding agency or someone trying to get cool videos. Drones being in the mix are something the Forest Service says they're dealing with a lot. And even if the drone doesn't get near air support, it means they have to land until they get the drone out of the air. Fires can get a lot bigger in that time. As someone who flew helicopters in the Army National Guard and has had near misses with drones himself, Robinson says drones are nearly impossible for pilots to spot in time. Very difficult to see. I mean, they're, they're a speck, just a, a tiny little speck until you're right on top of them. So the fire service is using this incident to remind everyone, if you fly, they can't. In a situation like a wildfire where minutes and seconds count, and those aviation resources could be saving homes, uh, you know, that's crucial time that's being lost. Grace Reader, KXAN News. We reach out to Travis County's Starflight to see if it's had any recent issues with drones. It says that's happened in the past, but so far not this summer. And right now on our website, we have an interactive map with all the fires currently burning in our area. There's also a database showing the total number of acres burned. Go to kxan.com and search wildfire map. This is breaking from overnight out of Southern California. Three people killed, six others hurt after a shooter opened fire at a bar there. First responders got to Cook's Corner Biker Bar near Tribuco Canyon around 7.30 last night. And according to authorities, the man believed to have carried out the shooting is a former law enforcement officer who they say targeted his wife. Witnesses describe the chaotic scene. The, the lady's freaking out. She's telling me, hey, they're shooting, they're shooting at the bar. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. And sure enough, seconds later, I, I hear the shots. I see the shooter. Um, he walked over to a great pickup truck, opened his passenger door, and then I saw a couple of people walking out. I saw two bodies drop. They showed up like a minute later. Um, I see three, about approximately two or three uh, deputies roll up, and without hesitation, just started loading on, unloading on them, and they returned shots. And at that point, I just ran duck for cover. The shooter also died at the scene, and it's unclear if the man's wife is among those dead or injured. Awesome police are asking for your help with their investigation into the death of a man earlier this month. They say the body of 26-year-old Skylee Williams was found in the early morning hours of Friday, August 4th. Police finding Williams in a wooded area off Ben White Boulevard in southeast Austin near Burleson Road. APD says it's not a homicide investigation, but they would like to hear from anyone with information. The Taco Shack Bowl is tonight. It's a tradition among two Austin high school football teams. How you can weigh in on who has the most spirit ahead of the game. And how a student at Huddle High got his football team involved to raise awareness as the number of fentanyl deaths continues to rise in Central Texas. Good morning, a live look outside. This is down south in Buda from a rock and dirt yard camera. A few clouds up there in the sky as we kick off this Thursday morning. And the Taco Shack Bowl back this week. The 22nd annual rivalry game featuring Anderson McCallum High School. It is tonight at House Park. It's always a fun game. It's always a fun time before the game, too, because both schools are facing off this morning right here on KXAN News. Today, we have photographers at two different locations of Taco Shack so that we can have 
two different ideas of the spirit. Who has the yes. most spirit? You were out there last year. I was. What can we expect? Yeah, so so both high schools, both spirit teams decorate the Taco Shack Bowl, or Taco Shacks, I should say. So uh, it's ahead of the bowl game that's right. later on tonight. But the cheerleaders will be out there, the <laughs> band will be out there, the dance team will be out there, and, and they're loud, they're energetic. Yeah, yeah. It is so much fun. So yeah. there is, you know, a portion of that of how well they decorated in their in their school spirit, right? The school colors and the mascot. But uh, also, I think once we get those teams uploaded this morning, it'll be your opportunity to cast your vote. So on our website, cakesayin.com, you can vote for either either McCallum High School or Anderson High School. So it's the the Knights versus the Trojans. This goes until 6:30 this morning. That is when polls will close. We will announce the winner later on this morning. And as always, you can catch that game live on KBVO. It's at 7.30 tonight. Again, Anderson versus McCallum House Park. Really excited to see those teams go head-to-head -head again. Still ahead, we are continuing our campaign context series. A Democratic contender for U.S. Senate taking aim at Senator Ted Cruz and how it relates to former President Trump's legal problems in Georgia. And we're delving into the details of a case after a teenager pleads guilty to killing two people and the questions over whether this all could have been avoided. back with another installment of Campaign Context, our ongoing series, giving you some clarity on some of the things you're hearing from political candidates as we inch toward Election Day. Democratic Dallas Congressman Colin Allred is challenging Republican U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. Now, recently, when former President Trump and 18 others were indicted in Georgia over election interference allegations, Allred posted the social media, quote, the indictments in Georgia remind us that our democracy is still at risk, and people like Donald Trump and Ted Cruz tried to overturn an election based on partisan interests. Now, Senator Cruz is not facing any kind of charges related to election interference, but giving you some context, the senator and other GOP lawmakers and candidates did call to delay the certification of the election results on January 6th, 2021. Cruz received widespread criticism when he delivered a speech objecting to certifying the 2020 electoral votes for the state of Arizona. Now, this was during the joint session of Congress that would devolve into chaos on the Capitol grounds. Our partners at The Hill also reported Cruz was recorded while on a phone call with another news outlet, quote, explaining how delaying the certification of President Biden's 2020 election victory would work. Now, Cruz maintained he was simply calling for an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency audit of the election returns in disputed states. And the senator ultimately ended up attending President Joe Biden's inauguration. With this campaign context, I'm KXAN's Daniel Marie. Thank you, Daniel. We are more than a month away from the Austin City Limits Music Festival. And if you didn't get tickets to the festival, you can get tickets to some of its side shows this morning. The ACL Fest Nights is a series of shows at local smaller venues the same weekends as the festival. And tickets for that go on sale this morning at 10 a.m. So kind of if you want a more...
Just keep it Maybe going. intimate crowd, yeah. although, yeah. you know, it's yeah. way more intimate than ACL, but way more bigger than, you know. Kind of ease into it, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe we are almost to ACL We time. are. Like, how did that happen? It can sort of t signal a, a change in the weather, too. I, a lot of people say, like, the first weekend is always hot, and yeah. the second Atrocious. weekend is it's, when it rains. It's a flip of a coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's either super windy or super wet. Let me show you what's going on uh, with today's forecast, because we're still kind of talking hot and dry weather. Weather. Clouds and radar not showing us anything too exciting. The reason I kind of hesitate there is I think a few of us might get a little wet this afternoon. It's not going to be much, but let's talk temperatures first, then we'll get into those rain chances. Live look outside. Good morning, Round Rock. This is the view from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies weather camera. I-35, nice and quiet in that stretch. 83 as we start the day. We'll finish up near forecast high near 106. So for perspective, yesterday was about 5 degrees cooler than that. So we're turning up the heat just a little bit stronger today. That 20% chance of rain. That's mainly going to be for my friends along and east of I-35. Really eastern counties, you're going to be favored for this. If I put this in motion, nothing will happen before lunchtime. It's as we get into the daytime heating that later afternoon time frame. You can see a couple of these isolated storms early evening, and then they clear real quick once that sun sets. So 10 to 20% chance. Don't rearrange your day over it. There's no severe weather threat tied to this. Not expecting flooding rain. If you're lucky to see a few of these rain showers, just keep in mind you could see anywhere from a few hundreds to a few tenths of an inch. Nothing, nothing significant, but hey, every little bit counts. High temperatures, I think, will be a bigger story. 100 or hotter for everyone here in Central Texas today. That has prompted another round of heat alerts because it's not just going to be the heat. It will also be those heat indices we'll have to watch because the humidity is in that humid to very humid category. So the temperatures will be up to about 105, 107 in the pink-colored areas. That's that excessive heat warning. But the feels like temperatures could get up to 112. So back into that sticky mess when it comes to the uncomfortable and dangerous heat. 106 today. Again, that 20% chance of rain, that's going to favor probably the eastern counties today, tomorrow, and Saturday. So although it looks a little scary on the seven-day, the majority of us will stay dry. But I do want to include that rain chance because I think it is certainly possible we see a couple of those storms make it through our eastern counties. Better chance of rain comes in with boundary Monday, Tuesday. That's why that rain chance gets bumped up to 30 percent and technically speaking it's a cold front it only shaves off a few degrees but it does leave us in the upper 90s to near 100 tuesday wednesday of next week Kristen, thank you. The number of fentanyl deaths right here in the U.S. and in Texas has dominated headlines over the last few years. And Central Texas has not been immune from this growing problem. As KXN's Nabil Rabanda shows us, a student at Hutto High School got his football team involved to raise awareness after his cousin died from an overdose. At just 17 years old. I wish every day that he would walk in and say, Mama, I'm home. Ryan Garcia, or King Ryan, as his family calls him, lost his life. When I got there, you know, he was just laying there. We found little blue pills. It was just last year. His mom, Rebecca Benavidez, says fentanyl was the cause, hidden in the blue pills. Once my son passed, you know, he not only took his life, but he changed our lives, too. Well, he was my big cousin. We always did everything together. Like, that was my, like, one of my older brothers, I feel like. And... It really hurts that he's gone. Dennis Benavides wanted to do something to raise awareness about the dangers of fentanyl and the tragic death of his cousin. And I'll just go around, set it on the stool, and put it in the top. So he made shirts and passed them out to his teammates on the Hutto football team. Passed them out, put them in everyone's locker, 
And then when we got dressed, I seen all of them putting them on. Each shirt has the face of someone who died from fentanyl. The team took this photo to show all the shirts. King Ryan, one of the many faces. I think if multiple schools did what we did, then it would bring a lot of awareness. Awareness that's much needed, especially when one pill can kill. Very proud of the, the boys that stepped up and said, we're going to do this. And, and I mean, it was it was nice to see. In Hutto, Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Incredible what that team is doing. Going in depth here, the Texas Department of State Health Services says that there have been 540 fentanyl-related deaths across Texas so far this year. Harris County, which is including Houston, has seen the most at 91 as of June. Dallas County next with 72. Travis County has seen 69 fentanyl-related deaths. And Bear County has had 32 this year. More dogs in local shelters are getting sick. The Georgetown Animal Shelter says it has seen an increase in dogs with distemper cases. Now, one virus has been confirmed with one dog. Six others are presumptive. The virus can make a dog really sick or it can be even fatal. The shelter is consistently above capacity and it's having trouble making space to isolate the sick dogs. And that's why the Georgetown Shelter is looking for the community's help moving healthy dogs out to mitigate the spread of the virus. We need the community's help. That's why we're doing this escalated response to make sure we can continue to care for the dogs that are sick in the shelter and make sure we provide a healthy and happy place for the dogs that are not sick at this time. The shelter says all dogs should be vaccinated against distemper with adult dogs needing vaccines for the virus every three years. And if you want to keep an eye on symptoms for your own dog, look for fatigue. There's a lack of interest in eating, coughing, muscle tremors and seizures. Looking closer, the Georgetown Animal Shelter is not alone when it comes to this canine distemper case rise. The Austin Animal Center has also seen an increase in the disease, and the city has seen uh, 39 positive results from 94 dogs that were tested for it. Like the Georgetown Animal Shelter earlier this month, the Austin Animal Center is also asking for help moving 60 dogs, healthy dogs, into foster or adoptive homes due to the rise in the distemper cases. And if you're planning on heading over to the center for this weekend's Clear the Shelter event, which we're hoping you will, you can be assured knowing that the Austin Animal Center keeps the healthy dogs separate from the sick dogs so you don't have to worry about adopting a sick dog. The head of the state's power grid says his main concern for Texas is managing growth issues. ERCOT says we do have enough power. That's the good news. Critics in North Texas say getting power to new homes is a constant battle. In Denton County, the concern here is making sure that transmission lines and facilities keep up with all the growth. Transmission lines are important because they bring in the power from the generating source here to the local provider. Denton's county judge says the challenge is these transmission lines need space, but that's hard with all the growth. And Texas just flipped the switch onto virtual power plants to send power to the state electrical grid. It's part of a pilot program. Both will harness energy from customers who have Tesla Powerwall technology and energy storage system for homes. Now, the first virtual power plant went live for Houston customers on Centerpoint Energy. The other kicked on in Dallas for Encore customers. The pilot will test how these energy storage systems and electric vehicle chargers can come combine and help send electricity into the state's power grid at a moment's notice.
Let's talk sports and the high school football season kicks off tonight in the spirit of the game. The KXAN sports team talked with several teams and asked them who they thought the best player in the area is who's not on their own team. Check it out. Hmm. Best player in Austin. The best player not on the team in Austin. Um... The Round Rock quarterback is amazing. First one that pops in my mind is quarterback at Round Rock. Probably uh, Fatu Makuba, LBJ. I'll give it to Cam. Or his, or his younger brother, they, they some dogs at a Crockett. Shout out my fellow quarterbacks, uh, Will Hammond, uh, Jack Williams. The young man, the quarterback over at uh, Hutto. Will Hammond for Hutto High School. Will Hammond, I've seen seen him play, seen him at camps. Would probably have to be Will Hammond out in Hutto. Blake Frazier, he looks pretty big. I saw him in the state game last year. Blake Frazier, the lineman. I think Miles Coleman at Vandergrift's a really good player. Miles Coleman, definitely. I'm going to have to give it to my boy from Weiss, Adrian Wilson. Uh, I'd have to say uh, a receiver at Weiss, A. Will. Adrian Wilson over there at Weiss, he's a four-star receiver. Uh, Dripping Springs receiver, and he has strong hands, he's fast. Nico, Lake Travis running back. A running back for Lake Travis, so I went to school with Nico Hamilton. Jack Kaiser's a sleeper for sure. I think it'd probably be Jack Kaiser. Let's go Jack Kaiser. It's probably Jack Kaiser, he's been doing, he's been doing his thing for a while. I'm going to go with Westlake's. Jake Helms, uh, who is a uh, one of the top deep snappers in the nation, uh, committed to Air Force. Wow. Deep snappers getting some love there Look at it. the end. That was fun. You're going to be able to catch a few of the names mentioned in action throughout the season every Thursday on KBVO, home of the KBVO Game of the Week. And for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. Texas State continues to grow every year. The changes we could see to campus as to how the university is going to handle the increase of students. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.